0: everybody. Jacob here from the Formula Drift podcast. We have an awesome deal for you. So if you head over to shopfd.com and use coupon code podcast23, you're going to save 20% on any merch. So anything you can find on that website, use podcast23 at shopfd.com. Save yourself 20% hats, shirts, lanyards, whatever. Just use the code, save yourself some money. So why not? You know, don't, don't stop listening. Wait till the show's done, but then head over shopfd.com use podcast 23. We'll see you guys out there. All right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the outer zone. My name is Jacob Gettens and we have uh, Dean Carnage Carney. Uh, can I call you Bosco though? Is that okay?
1: Bosco's okay. Yeah. Bosco's, Bosco's okay. okay.
0: All right. Is that, is that how you know you're in the inner friends circle is if, if you get referred to as Bosco? Uh,
1: Bosco or Ted would be a very Irish thing. I call like all my closer friends, Ted. Okay. It's actually so, great when you, when you're, here in the shop, and you call out Ted, and everyone turns around at the same time. It's great. It's like I have everyone's attention now. <laughs> that's
0: funny. It's like working in a kitchen. You yell out "chef," and like everybody yeah, turns around. Exactly. Right?
1: Yeah. That's that's funny.
0: Did you did you watch Bosco as a kid? Like, is yeah, that I where did. that came yeah. from? Yeah. Okay.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's like that's the traditional. It's like the Mister Rogers of Ireland, right? It was yeah. It was on through the eighties and nineties. I think it ended like late nineties, ninety
0: 96, 97, I think. Okay. And I, then, I wasn't.
1: Okay. Oh, they would do a comeback every like five years. You know, it's Bosco's return. You know, <laughs> I'm back and do a couple of episodes.
0: Ah, that's funny. I w- I wasn't sure if that was like a you thing or an Ireland thing. I couldn't find any other references other than you.
1: No, no it's it's an Ireland, absolutely okay. an Ireland thing. Absolutely
0: an Ireland thing. All right. Well, it makes it me, makes me feel a little better. I'm I'm gonna wait until I'm called either Ted or Bosco. I I usually just get like asshole or something. So I'll call you Ted next
1: week when I see you. All right,
0: cool. I, I thought you were going to get real mad at me when I blocked your way into the entrance in Seattle there. I was, like, recording the outro to a podcast, and you, like, I like pulled up right get, behind me. Get the fuck
1: out of the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting just to get, like, smoked in the back of the knees and just ride, ride the, the, the Viper all the way to the pits. But uh, that's all good. So how's, uh, I mean, how's the season been? You've had a kind of a controversial one. Um, I, I would I would say... Self-imposed controversy in some cases with the the YouTube
1: thumbnails, but yeah, um, um, it's been it's been an interesting one. I think controversy kind of follows me sometimes. I feel like it's like what did I do in a past life that that uh, I don't know about that <laughs> has stuff coming back to haunt me. But um, I'd say for the most part, it's been like a mediocre season. Um, the car's been very very good. It's been the best car I've ever had, and um, mm-hmm. just haven't been able to like kind art it like into good results, like, you know, so. Yeah. Like, I feel good about the program, I feel good about the team, everyone on it, like, everything that we're doing, it's just, like, converting that into, like, top fours or whatever, it's just, just not really been happening.
0: Well, it's good, it's good the car is kind of in a, Better spot. I feel like for a while you were kind of doing R and D for the V10 series because like it seemed like every other round there was something weird popping, and they can't be. I know they're not cheap to
1: rebuild. So Yeah, they're they're expensive, dude. And like <laughs> we are, like we are the only one in drifting, like on a on like this age of like on the at the pinnacle of drifting. Yeah, yeah. is actually trying to run that motor and. We had the motor on lock for about five years, but then we started asking more out of it, and then like um, the judging criteria became a lot more like about sound and impact and throttle input and stuff. Whereas our car's is in the sweet spot between like like forty eight hundred and fifty nine hundred like RPM. It's like it has everything, and it's all the torque, all the power, and it's always on tap. But now the judges like want you smashing the rev limiter and be be 10 mile an hour shorter on your wheel speed. And like our motor is not happy when it's beating the piss out of rev limiter.
0: That's interesting. I, I've never, I mean, there's always a lot of talk about like doing different things to try and get a better judging decision. Like guys have talked about different liveries or different like wheel colors. and yeah. Like adding stuff to the back end of the car so they, they look closer. Uh, I've never heard anybody like really come out and say, yeah, we, we bigger engine sound.
1: Yeah, like we've we've talked about it. obviously I'm not like in depth with the judges and they're like they wanna see the impact and know that you're fully committed and stuff. Yeah. So now everyone's after shortening sh- up their wheel speed and just smashing off the revel and driving around oh well, yeah. Whatever they want, I guess that's the game we have to play, right?
0: Well you and you've you went twin turbo
1: on it as well because it was NA nitrous for a bit uh, I don't... so no I never drove an NA one a supercharged car from that was 2011 it. 2011 through to 2017 Arvindale 17 we okay. retired the supercharger setup and then we went to twin turbo and we've done a, like a, a, quite a few different iterations of the twin turbo had up on it but now I feel it's honestly the best it's ever been like you know
0: yeah, is is it like the trade off of not having blown belts, but like the complications then of turbo? Like, so, I've, I've, just, I've heard so many guys complain about blown belts on on superchargers.
1: We, we had the supercharger set up on the car and when we made ten pounds of boost. We never had a belt issue ever. Then from twenty fifteen onwards, we started uh, we started increasing the boost and asking for more, and ended up in exactly a Matt Field's situation of kicking <laughs> off belts every every second lap uh, and because yeah. um, our supercharger setup was the, the same style as Matt's like s- centrifugal at the front of the motor it is the biggest nightmare to change a belt on like it is not like a 10 minute fix it is at least a 30 minute fix every time that's crazy so yeah, that's yeah, so then it was like, well, we still need the power and we need the boost. So we traded off and then went to turbo and nitrous instead.
0: Which mm-hmm. obviously
1: has its own its own kind of complications as well with heat and that kind of stuff, you know? But yeah. I feel like the turbos are more tunable out up, if you yeah. know what I mean. Well
0: there's there's a little bit more you can play with, right? Mm-hmm. Like the supercharger Absolutely. it's like cool. I get like cool, I get pulley size. I get like, and and that's, that's kind of it, right? Yeah. 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 Huh. Okay. And so I'm assuming nitrous up until like a couple pounds of boost and then just boost after that uh, or nitrous all the way through.
1: we no, we shoot nitrous from about 2100 RPM and then it turns off at about 3200. So it's only just to wake the turbos up, but then there's different parameters that like it also activates on a hundred percent throttle and the, hands on the amount of load on the motor, that kind of stuff. We have all no nitrous in fourth and fifth gear. It turns off completely, and it's all boost by gear at that point. Okay. So, just so tons it's, of different parameters, basically around it,
0: just to get that dig. Like you know, exactly text, like coming out of the keyhole in Atlanta to be able to kind of like launch back out, or yep. uh, all, all of St. Louis, I assume.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the same. <laughs> it was track. I hated it for like five years I hated that track but I think they they found a track that actually works there this year it was really yeah. good I thought
0: yeah it's amazing what like an extra it was only like five feet too like it wasn't massively different but it was enough to make it flow so you weren't just I like, uh, was more than harpining. five feet
1: for sure like, uh, like yeah? yeah the drive out of like um outer two I think it is and not having to keep on that like higher like inside line that was on the inside of the grass and then they made a yeah. the new pavement and we go all the way across that like an out on uh, the outside edge of the old access road so uh, like it was yeah. a lot different
0: yeah no it looked it looked a lot flowier I mean obviously I have no idea what it drives like but you you guys for the most part minus a few vocal minorities were pretty happy with it in yeah, the grand scheme it, of things absolutely uh, yeah uh, did you, have you I'm assuming you've already seen the new
1: Utah layout no don't even look at it really? Up. what? no <laughs> don't look at it up. Okay. it don't matter anyway when we get there they'll do what they do every year they'll change it 18 different times before we do a lap <laughs> we were all there last year after they gave us the track layout we're walking around on Thursday and we're moving all the clipping points and changing the zones Whoa, waste of time <laughs> after after the first 10 minutes of practice and you see actually a couple of cars after making a pass that's when you know what the track is going to be like
0: well, I—I I mean, I think that's something cool that, like, maybe a lot of people at home don't know is they'll look at what the, the I guess the "quote unquote" natural line ends up being, and then they'll yeah. start to shift clipping points. It's not—it's not usually anything massive, but it's a couple of feet. Like, you know, they're not going to completely change the layout, but it'll be like two feet one way or another. I know they did it in Orlando a fair we, bit this uh, year too.
1: Palm Beach, I think, 2014. We started the track. Um, we were coming from the left side of the track entering in and we stopped practice halfway through and completely flipped and went hide the track in reverse because it was huh. such a bad layout but that's the only time they've ever really done that
0: yeah that's that's crazy i was pushing real hard to get uh utah backwards but uh it's not gonna i think it'd be
1: here. sick i think it'd be sick thank you be cool. thank you yeah, be sick. right right,
0: right? Yeah. you come into that huge bank and then go up the hill so the cars yeah. are all loaded up anyways yeah it'd be cool like Everybody listening at home is like, yeah, okay, we get it. You want it backwards? I'm, I'm just gonna. Maybe, maybe this will be another year where they they do that and they swap a track the other way. I can, I can. I highly
1: it. doubt it, but yeah, <laughs> it
0: would definitely be
1: cool. I agree
0: with it. I think so. Cool. Um, so I want to, I want to get into like before drifting. Like, what? I I'm still trying to wrap my head around why Ireland produces so many incredible drivers. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense looking at population, looking at like the lack of tracks that are there, the the lack of manufacturers that are there. It it literally makes no sense. Well, maybe,
1: Ireland. maybe it makes sense because the lack of things to actually do and entertain yourself in Ireland is like not exactly like it is in America, right? Here, yeah. if you want to go snowboarding, skiing, surfing, like it's all at your fingertips in America. You can do more or less like, well, or less anything that you want over here, whereas over home there there was so many things to do. You could either play soccer or I'll be hurling our Gaelic football. Mm. And if you weren't into ball sports, like there was nothing else to actually do other than drive. And we have so much, like so much access to armland and that kind of stuff. That Jesus, everyone I know that like I went to school and hung out was all driving by the age of. If you weren't driving at ten or eleven, you were you were old,
0: really. And that was all field driving
1: then, all in the fields. Yeah, all in the fields. Okay. I had my first field car at nine years old. I think At a Ford Sierra. Of course, have to. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so, and that's so once once everything's mowed down, it's just like okay, this is this is what we do then. Like, is that like instead of riding your bike to your neighbor's house, you're like, I'm just gonna. That I'm going to run the field car over.
1: we done a trade-off with the farmer that we would go to his farm at five o'clock in the morning, herd in all the cows, and we milked milk the cows. We'd have them back out in the field by about 7.30, home, shower, and go to school. And as soon as we got out of school at four o'clock, we were right up on the farm, and we would drive until it was dark. That's crazy. I that was all we wow. Just drive, 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 drive. What? And that,
0: so yeah, from 10 on. So like, what was, when did it, I guess, like turn to maybe serious drifting or whatever? Was that high school? Like, um, I, you don't, you don't have to admit to anything, but like, was the street drifting, street racing scene as I big in a, Ireland?
1: Oh, I done a massive amount of street drifting. Was, okay. I, like massive. Um, it was, I've actually. Was that,
0: was that big in Ireland as well? Yeah, then? Like it, that, okay. it, it was
1: big. There was a place in Waterford actually called the Port Road. Um, and it was, down at the bottom of a shipping port. But they had built the shipping port with the intention of hiking in these massive ships, and they never actually took them in. So it was super quiet. And there'd be, like, no traffic there whatsoever. And every Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night, there would be hundreds of cars down there, like hundreds of cars. they blocked the road off, and then Jesus. everyone that was down there drifting would just drift all night. And actually... Wow. <laughs> I was arrested a couple of times down there over it and uh, <laughs> I of the cops. Um, I'm actually after becoming friendly with now. I was just home in Ireland a couple of weeks ago and I met one of them. And uh, we were just talking about like old times, like, you know, he's like, well, at least you made it out. You actually done something good at what you were doing, act- the jackass when you're down on the port road. Oh, yeah, the
0: port road. Huh. That's that's crazy. I was I was always curious, like how much that culture moved over, but it, it makes sense that like you guys seeded it early and um
1: with, our, uh, with
0: field drifting but
1: our JDM scene in Ireland was like I would say second to only Japan at the time. Like we had we had every JDM car that like ever existed. That was like that was enough. I don't know like option DVDs and all that. Like all the X ex- A1 cars and everything would all end up in Ireland. Hmm. It was Were crazy. You gonna, you
0: had a one via, didn't you? Yeah, it like, wasn't that your first.
1: Yeah, that, that was my first like proper proper car. I had a, a S fourteen before that. It's what I really kind of started off in. But I would say the one via was kind of like just art of. I don't know, actually starting to take it seriously. Like you know.
0: Okay. Huh. I mean it's a, it's a good. It's definitely a good chassis to be starting with. It, it, so, I'm not like a massive S chassis person. So, like, understanding what the one Via was, I was like, I was doing some research, I'm like, huh, okay, hang on. That's that's a term I've heard only a very few times. I wasn't sure yeah. if that was just like a European option.
1: Yep. Um, okay. Bought it out of Japan in 2004 or five. I can't remember. Right. And I drove that car all the way until um, September 2009. And then I parted it out to come and rent out a car off a shop in Seattle called Intec Racing and do the do R1L 09. And um, we got four laps in the rental car and I broke a transmission and they didn't have a spare for it. So uh-huh. that was it. So I thought it was all over. I thought the dream was over then. And I uh, went home to Ireland with my tail between my legs. Didn't, didn't you win the... Win a
0: championship, though, yeah, in 2009. Uh, yeah, we won
1: the, the, yeah, uh, the European Super Series at the time, the Proudriff Series, which I think that was the last year of that championship. So the Irish Championship was like the stronger championship in Europe, I would say. It was like, honestly, the best. And then Proudriff was trying to take actually more of like an international footprint. so they... Out of what they call the super series, and we go like to Sweden and Norway, Finland, that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, I was the one I won, and then I was like, how bent on coming over here. This is where I wanted to come to that point."
0: So, where does I guess where does Sam Hubinet fall into all of this then? Like, how did how did that introduction take place, and then <laughs> I, I don't know I was actually texting
1: him yesterday. Um, <laughs> myself and Sam still actually keep a very good. Rebe- I, ship, I call him dad and he calls me son still. Um, <laughs> but uh, there was like, for us being at home, uh, Formula Drift was always the pinnacle, right? right. You get to see like, I know all the clips on YouTube and stuff of like like semi-trucks with drift cars. Like, like how does that even make sense? All of us are towing around our drift cars with transit vans and open trailers and um, it was just like, It felt, like, like so far out of reach that, like, it was never going to be a thing. But uh, there was a group of 10 of us that came over to support um, James Dean and Sullivan in November 2008 for the Bull Championships on the Port in Long Beach. Right. And uh, I remember, like, we were there watching Sam was in the Viper and Ace was in a... pontiac Solstice, Tanner was driving a tree 70Z and like they were like superstars, like professional, like professional drifters, like insane. But um I spent that whole hike end up in the grandstand and I just was like, this is it. I don't give a fuck. This is where I'm coming back to. This is what I'm gonna do.
0: Hmm. It's, it's always funny hearing those moments from different drivers when they're like you know this is it like I, I saw it I knew and then at that point in time everything became
1: about just doing that that was it that was, uh, I was it like I I was here at the time with um, one of my friends that was a manager of mine I suppose at the time his name is Ian Bergen and uh, he was up in the Grand Sound like dude whatever happens I want to be back here next year driving and uh, he was the one that helped me sort out of actually to drive it into racing, and then he horse the car and organized the rental fee, and we came over here the following October and drove in now. Hmm. Wow. So, yeah.
0: That's. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's cool that like, I I couldn't. I guess at the time, like, yeah, obviously they'd be superstars. But what always makes me curious is like, how many people are sitting in the grandstands this year? that are going through that exact same thing where they're like watching guys like you and they're like, this is it. Like, this is the thing. Yeah. And, and then, you know, three, four years down the road, we're going to have a similar story where, yeah. you know, hopefully they're on the show and they're, we're doing something. Yeah. Same thing. yeah. yeah. Do, do you, I guess like in your town, do you get that a lot now? Like, is there a lot of, you know, I know you go back home on the odd occasion. Is it one of those where like you're kind of known in the town as the guy that went on and did FD
1: or, yeah, yeah, like um, I would um it's funny when you go back home, like like I don't get back home as often as I would like to. Um, I usually get home once or twice a year. But when I get home I try to like spend as much time with family and my old friends as I can. So I don't really see a lot of people, but like we would obviously go out and maybe drink I get a couple of beers at the bar and I would know like people I don't know if I went to school with or whatever or that and they would be like, can't believe they actually made it, like, an American. you're over, they're still actually doing the thing, you know? Mm. So, but it's also, is, like, a different life path, right? It's, like, people like me, and there's a lot of us, obviously, like, Heimstein, and Chelsea's, and Travis Readers, and we've, like, even up everything else in our life to only do this, you yeah. know, like... You, I know I go home and I meet these people and they have wives, kids, houses, stable job and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> like, we live a very different life. Like, you know, it's very much on the go and our whole, like everything we do every day is all dedicated around either harmless drift or drifting in some form of like capacity, like, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you, you gave up a you gave up a flooring empire to to come over and run race cars.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um my dad has a successful horn company in Ireland. Um, I left school pretty early and I went into that. And um I was very very good at the install aspect of that, like I'm managing the project stuff. And I think for him he thought I was gonna take it over. That's why mm. he was kinda taping me into and how so did I honestly uh, <laughs> until like I got over here like and I got a taste for it and even my first four years of FD I would come here for ten days to FD myself and uh, just one other guy two of us would come he would spot two of us would prep the car two of us would change the tires and do the fuel and everything like in between runs and uh, we would fly back home on the Sunday after FD and I'd go back into work in the floor and shop and I'd work 80 or 90 hours a week because I was paid on how much I install. So, like, <laughs> there was no limitation. Yeah, And we were always doing kind of bigger contract work and I'd go up, say, if we were working in Dublin, it's 100 miles away from my parents' house. I would go up and I'd hype in the van all week in the back of a transit van because I would want to installed for 18 or 19 hours a day. Yeah, you might as well. If you're if you're getting the project wise, right? Like exactly you might as well just um, keep going. I would go back over to three weeks and make like 10 grand or 12 grand. And I'd take all the money, and come back over here and end it all on FD.
0: What I, I'm always curious about this like so I live in Canada and like, you know, obviously Canada and the US it's it's basically the same with yeah. a couple of fun exceptions. Um, which I'm going to get to Canada as well. Cause like, obviously you have some love for the country. Yeah, um, yeah. but what, what was like the first thing that you went and did? That was like the most American thing you did. Like, like coming from Ireland, you came over, you went to America and you're Thanksgiving.
1: like, oh, Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. It's like, <laughs> like, it's not a real holiday. It's just made this up. It's just um, a reason to, to eat food. <laughs> it's like having like a pre Christmas before Christmas, you know? Yeah, that's a Christmas warm up. I'd say I was in the States seven years before I was here actually for Thanksgiving. And like the first ever time doing that, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is like, this is actually like, like properly an American holiday, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's very American. Um, It's, it's like, it's just excess for the
1: sake of excess, right? Like you just eat and drink
0: until it hurts.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Yeah, but like, apart from that, I've obviously become very, um, Americanized in the way like I spend a lot of time over here, like a lot. Yeah. So I understand the culture more now and like, it's it's not as hard as it once was to me, you know? Yeah, it it does lose
0: some luster after a while. I remember like just getting excited to jump the border and I'd always like, be like all nervous and stuff. And like, now it's just a chore. Like, it's just a thing I have to do to go and do other stuff. Yeah.
1: So. I used to have that same feeling actually when we would land in LAX because we'd almost always fly into like LAX and like the feeling of seeing all the American cars like the the Crown Vicks and the Escalades <laughs> and that and I could, like oh we're definitely in America yeah now I know every time I land in LAX and like Jesus Christ could I land in any other airport <laughs> <laughs> dude it's yeah. it's brutal of I all hate the it. airports
0: I hate it. There's there's two airports that I can't stand whenever I'm flying. LAX is one of them, and then Paris. The the airport in Paris is how's it Yeah, how's the goal? it sucks. Oh my god! Just just like you land, and then you get in a bus, and then you take that bus somewhere, and then you you go through security again to then take another bus to then go through a different security yeah, yeah. to then take another bus to then get to your gate, and hopefully you're on time.
1: Yep. <sighs> Oh, and worst. I'm also, I, I suppose I'm kind of spoiled now because our shop is literally beside the runway of John Wayne. So oh. if, I, if I have a trip, flight, like I leave the shop at like 25 two twenty five. I'm spoiled now.
0: Uh, and you got TSA pre, and you yep. just walk so right through laptops. It, yeah, it's
1: it's so easy now. Ah, that's that's actually pretty sweet. I
0: can't say much. I'm like 30 minutes from Detroit, even yeah, though I'm in Canada. Like, yeah, yeah, and it's a great airport. Like, I mean, yeah. it's 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 really nice, especially if you fly Delta. But, anyways, alluding to Canada, um, Canada being, I believe, your best finish ever, second place.
1: We've had a few second places. We had a Jersey second place, Atlanta second place, Canada okay. second place. So had a few times. Yeah, always the bridesmaid, never the bride, right?
0: Yeah, that's that's gotta be tough, but I mean, it, it definitely takes time. You're also driving an obscure chassis in a lot of ways. I mean, it's, it's, it's not as big as I originally thought. Like I've, it, and I feel like you probably hear that a lot where people are like, Oh, this thing's actually not that big. Yeah. I don't hear that a lot. <laughs> <All> right, <fair. laughs> Good for you. Um, but, but yeah, it, it, I remember yeah, I mean, as a kid, like I'd seen Vipers and stuff like that. And for some reason, every time I saw your car on TV, I was like, it's got to be huge. And yeah. then like, I, I got there and I was like, oh, okay. Like it's, it's like a slightly bigger Miata almost. Like yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's really
1: not. It's also as, like, it's proportionally obviously not the same as all the rest of the cars. So it, it Yeah, feels, it's a lot of hood. Yeah, exactly. It feels massive when you look at the hood, right? But mm-hmm. um, from the factory, they're 97.8 um, inches of oil base we have ours stretched as far as we can to like 99.1 so it's it's still hartran at 240 um it's like 14 inches Horton and a mustang okay <laughs> so it's uh i think turk's Corolla is 105 inches and that's a grocery getter yeah like so it's a small car you know
0: what what's the what's the weight distribution on it And 51 rear,
1: 49 front.
0: Okay, so you've got that, like, dialed in at this point.
1: Like, the car is a fantastic car. It's just, like, because we've R&D'd all of the parts ourselves and everything in the motor package, and like it just, we get to a point where, like, it's really good, and then we try to, like, push it on a bit harder, and we find other issues that we never had before. Like, we never had a camshaft and the motor come apart in the 10 years of driving I'm ever four of them are after coming apart this year you <laughs> this know? year so it's, uh, yeah so it's oh, like Jesus. it's stuff that we like thought was solved that we never even looked at it was ever even on our list of like hey this is what we need to be working on next and next minute, we're beating the piss out of the motor because the uh, judges obviously want us on the rev limiter and now camshafts are coming apart and then we got um, camshafts Custom made and designed, but the material was um, uh, more rigid than the factory ones. And Vipers don't have airings on the camshaft; they just fall out on a bed of oil in the journal. So oh. it was it was f- f- the camshafts and uh, and f- hiding the block. Then it's oh. like all things. <laughs> How are you gonna know unless you're f- pushing the envelope with it? Like you know.
0: Yeah, I guess. Being on the bleeding edge of development is just yeah. a pain in the ass.
1: <laughs> yep, and then like we make all of our own uprights and everything; they're all a uh, and parts, and we're we keep on trying to take as much weight out of them as we can till our actually gross vehicle weight, mm-hmm. and then we're finding houses that are cracking now that they never cracked in before, and that kind of stuff. It's it's just all development stuff, you know. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I had, like, I know, all the money in the world. I would have guys doing R&D all day, every day, but still, like, we are like a privateer team, um, so we have to be, like, very cautious about the way we spend and money, and we need to, like, keep a pretty large amount of hush fun sl- because, I know, every time we break a motor, it's over 40 grand, like, when you break a motor, you know? Jeez. So, when you're trying to, like, R&D a motor... Like you're, you're really not wanting things to go wrong, so we're like changing things very, very incre- incrementally on the motor. You know? Yeah.
0: I okay. So on the the point of privateer. So this is like you don't have to get into any details, but your switch to hyper NFT from somebody uh, from my perspective, coming from a marketing background, raised yeah. like a lot of questions, but in a really good way.
1: Yeah. Well, right. It the was other, right.
0: Yeah, it wasn't, I wasn't sitting there going like, oh, this is stupid. I went to take every logo off of that car to run one is a really interesting choice. And obviously uh, the mysterious figure that is Hyper invested a fair bit into the program. I have some guesses as to like what that deal is based on like your videos on, and then. everything else. No, Come no. I don't your guesses? No, I don't, I don't know who he is. I mean, obviously if I did some digging, I could probably figure,
1: figure out a little bit. But my I can guess, tell you on this podcast, if you want, for anyone that ever wants to know him, ever wants to meet him, we do house and coffee in uh, San Clemente, the last Saturday of every month. And he's okay. always there with me. So anyone that ever wants to meet him, he's uh, not like an elusive figure. He's, uh, yeah. he's always there with me.
0: So, but, okay, so like, one, I'm going to try and figure that out because I think that lines up with FD Irwindale potentially. So yep. I'll be in town for that. Maybe I will, if you're going, I'll yep. tag along. Because yep. um, I'm I'm massively interested. I'm assuming you do some sort of maintenance or work with the cars yeah. as part yeah. of this deal. Yeah. I, and that's, that's you know, he's getting a race car, great advertising to a group of people that are more than likely in this space that fit the demographic well. Yep. I'm assuming that pitch went, went pretty good. And then part of that deal is that you then
1: also maintain, help upkeep things yeah, like the, that. That was not the original aspect of the deal. Um, but the two of <laughs> us are very <laughs> yeah. the two of us are very similar in personality. Um we're not too far apart in age. He's five or six years older than me as all. Um okay. so we kinda connect well. He's also not like an American citizen, so he understands the struggles of actually coming over here and what it's really like. And even with like with smaller things with trying to get House Security number and visas right. and like permits for working and tax and like it's so much more difficult when you're not from here. Like so much right. more challenging. So the two of us connected actually well on that hands in a friendship. Um he was a car guy all his life but um never had like m- as of access on cars always had like y- unique stuff but not like I know all the hypercars he has now. Mm-hmm. And um he then started doing some track driving. He has a couple of H- 83 RSs and spent he spent nine months at the track driving every single day and he got to a point in his driving that he could do like the exact same lap time every single lap but was not able to progress past that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went up and I gave him a couple of tips and he immediately took a second off the lap and then I went and I gave him a day of coaching and then he took two more seconds off it to the point where the two of us are laughing now within a tenth of each other now, which is uh, scary because he's becoming a better driver than me right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, we connected well. He understands that like I understand driving and not just drifting. So he started giving me access on his cars like when they would be going to service or be transported he doesn't allow anyone drive any of his fleet his uh, his, or he is you can only drive any of his cars if you can actually afford to replace it and obviously I don't have millions and millions <laughs> of dollars but uh he knows that like I understand the cars and the way of driving them and stuff so it's just opened up into kind of becoming like a janitor of all these hypercars
0: okay Huh, that's that's yeah, that's super interesting. I didn't realize you had such a, a a grip background. I feel like there's there's a lot of inherence that you're going to learn from drifting when it comes to grip racing, understanding slip angle, understanding apex in yeah. a corner, left foot braking, I, rotating. I can the vehicle, tell you, but, like
1: for anyone that is I know that's out there listening are into actually like professional driving, the best talent you can ever learn is drifting. Right. It is the best talent you you'll understand way more than anyone else that is highly a grip driver or whatever, you know? It gives you so much is. more under it, you- And you're also comfortable when you're there.
0: Right, right. And you, yeah, that's, that's I, actually, I think that's probably the more important part. Like, how yeah. many times do we see guys that, like, overcorrect a little bit and they just spin out, whereas the, literally drifting is everything but the spin out?
1: I was driving a Hyper Senna up at a track, a Spr- mountain and like driving it at intense on the way into like every corner hiding it like on the way out the guys are watching like you're on the limit like and like i'm actually back in the pit lane like no that's just like helpful, like you know yeah so yeah well, I, the best I mean can for you. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah exactly but even if you if you watch f1 level drive <laughs> not even f1 if you if you watch Basically anything that's like super high level it doesn't have to be F1 they are sliding those cars around all to a degree it's just yeah. yeah it's just it's not drifting they're not throwing the whole back end out like yeah. that's
1: how they just, pivot them around the corner I was just actually watching a NASCAR clip on my phone like elderly before you caught me
0: <laughs> it, was, it was NASCAR oh no way yeah yeah but they damn yeah they're
1: sliding all the corners
0: yeah <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's it it's way more important than I guess a lot of people think. But that's that's 100%. interesting that you were able to pull so much out of his his lap time. Like three then, seconds total is nuts.
1: If you watch the likes of like Tanner or Samuel, like around of those guys that were predominantly oh, drifters, went off and done rally cross and that kind of stuff. Yeah. They're all they're always at the cutting edge of the grid straight away. Because yeah. they're so natural in that like feeling and environment that a. Uh, car actually moving around underneath them. And I think it helps you with, like, being able to drive through characteristics of different cars as well, like, you know? Okay, just like, understanding where their limit is or just, like, yeah, like getting uh, over our, their shortcomings? Like, I think it helps you get over the shortcomings of other cars a lot. Um, there's a couple of cars that we track here, that are, uh McLaren 5... Having the S's and they're like, they'll do a comparable lap time with a GT2 RS. Like, we can lap within three or four hence of the GT2 RS, but the McLaren is so much more of a handful to drive. Like, (laughs) it is a pig in comparison. But understanding how it actually moves around under braking and being confident enough, like in having the car move underneath you, like, and not get like choked up or whatever. Heavy under brake pedal, I think really, really helps,
0: yeah, huh that's yeah that's neat. I've never obvi- like I've never been in in that level of car as a as a driver, so i don't I don't understand at what point I think most people listening wouldn't understand like at that like what that car is doing. but yep. I do I mean, I've watched enough top gear to know <laughs> yeah that these yeah. cars like they're fighting you the whole time like the whole they're not time. yeah they're they're trying to bite back and and yep. they're not forgiving at all, but I guess Coming from FD, which, you know, th- these cars are incredibly gripped up, almost to the same level. They have more yeah. horsepower
1: than a lot of these cars.
0: The and, pro and, cars yeah. at the
1: moment are insane. Yeah, it's All wild. The pro cars are absolutely nuts. They're the craziest cars I've ever driven. Yeah. And that's,
0: like, cr- that's, that's, I mean, yeah, that's nuts to say. Like,
1: I'm after driving like a lot of very, very fast cars in the last couple of years. And the only car that makes me go, holy shit, still is the pro car. <laughs> like, that thing is wild
0: What What is it Like what characteristic Is it Is it just the power Like the grip
1: levels The The snappiness Like the, Or just It's, it's just, like just a, trying to kill you It's a Like that's it Like like you have to be You have to be so awake Like when you're driving Like we done a A day actually A couple of weeks ago Like out in a practice car of a practice Viper as well And it makes like 570 at the tire But like everything yeah. Feels as though it's in slow motion like <laughs> I feel so easy i moving around the pro cars like dude they're so fast when they're sideways now they accelerate so hard and we make so much grip that you're like I can I don't know say almost everyone on the grid is a thousand horsepower like like you are loading the motor up that it's laboring at a thousand horsepower that's only barely up to break the tires loose yeah that's a good point I never thought like, of it that way for guys that drive <sighs> Cars on the street, like I the talk to guys all the time, they're like, Oh, this is 700 horsepower, this is 800 horsepower. And I know I drive their cars, and it's like, You'd be lucky if it's 450. <laughs> like, 700 horsepower on the street is absolutely insanely fast car. Like, yeah. it is insanely fast car. So, yeah. having all of our cars that are over a thousand horsepower, they're as light as they're possibly able to be. We're all on proper tires with massive sidewalls. 90% of the cars on the grid are hopping wheelies that were putting that much driving load in the cars. They're insane. Yeah. Do you think, I, like, do
0: you think we've, do you think we've gone too far? Like, no, I know there's a no, huge, no. no?
1: No. All right, cool. You're no. with me on this then. No. All right, good. It is. Like, it is supposed to be the pinnacle of the sport. It's supposed to be the most extreme aspect of it. I like. We did do a, an event in Ireland called LZ Fest a couple of weeks ago, and everybody was on the same tire. And I thought the driving aspect was great because, like, it was a good playing feel that it really yeah. didn't actually matter about the 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 tire like or the car. Like everyone was the same there, so. That was fun, but um, I think FD should be, like, the most extreme aspect of drifting it can be, you know? Yeah, I'm 100%
0: there with you. I I want there to be both. Like, I think I would love to see them introduce a full-spec series, not just, like, pro-spec. I would love to see, like, and obviously it comes down to money, but, like, Nissan or whoever jump on, build us a bunch of Zs, all in the same tire, suspension. I agree, I, I would love to see that. I do think that the tandems would be incredible, but yep. I also want to see guys barely able to get two laps out of out of a set of tires. Yeah, absolutely, it's cool. I, I put the argument down that we need to get to a point where you get one lap on a set of tires, and everybody runs single lugs, and yep. you just and you have to hot swap it at the line, and that's yep. part, pit stops are part of drifting. That if yep. it's not ready,
1: you can't leave the line, and you're you're a yep. lot behind. But anyways, I yeah. I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah. The the problem is, I think the race that we're in financially and what we're doing (laughs) (laughs) car development is not the same. It's like car development is going like this and it's like slowly catching up financially. The fear I have is that like the big names in the sports, in the sport that like essentially carry the sport, right? Like there's probably... There's probably 10 to 16 drivers that carry the sport. Right. Um, it's those guys aging out are not been able to find the kind of funding that they need because all of us are getting close to 40 years old or past 40 years old. Right. Everyone at some point is all wanting to actually be a real human being and have <laughs> a house and a wife and kids. And like... God knows a fucking savings account. Imagine that. <laughs> um, so, like the fear I have is like the guys that are what I consider formula drift um, are going to age out or or find a different way of actually making money, and that the sport will tap out before it was financially able to hatch up. I still,
0: I still think we are one large company away from it all changing, but I feel like we've been that way for 10 years. Like if, if I, I've said it so many times, but like if one of the brands that represents a NASCAR driver per se realizes that you can run an entire FD season for less than what it costs to run one race with a NASCAR and the demographic is better, no offense to NASCAR fans. Of course, like, I got it. Yeah. All like DHL, if DHL figures out oh, I can throw, let's say $300,000, which is like, that's a real, real nice title sponsorship for the year. $300,000 to run a program. You could buy the whole program at that point.
1: No, you could not You wouldn't come close to it. What? Come on. You wouldn't come close to it. Maybe not your program, but oh. it, there's definitely guys well, on that grid mean, that you can buy a program yeah, for $300,000. That's, that's absolutely the problem is there's such a discrepancy between like, say, I know the or yours, yeah, and then and then programs at the back of the grid. But there's a financial discrepancy there, right? Oh, it's huge. Yeah, I personally think the way of doing it is thirty-two slots, franchise, sixteen teams. Mm-hmm. Every team has to be a two-car team, and so then yeah. and then the sixteen teams are the series can control the minimum high end of a sponsorship the problem i think is we have eyes on the grid that are selling sponsorships for five grand or ten grand and then there's other guys like i don't know like or whatever who have 30 staff that run there like yeah you it's can't do difference. that you know yeah and like it's also you're not comparing apples to apples right it's like comparing a counting egg with a and we, like absolutely they're both cars and we get you from A to B, but it's not the same thing you're getting. But isn't yeah. isn't that kind of what makes the sport
0: awesome though? Is the fact that like absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll point I'll point at an easy easy one, but like a Jonathan Hurst who is notorious for having a low budget, yeah, going out and taking out guys that have budgets that are that are 10, 15, 20 times more than him. Absolutely,
1: but like I love Hurst. I think he's a fantastic driver. He's actually become a very very good friend of mine. Um, <laughs> amazingly talented driver. I'd love to see him actually getting in a program like in a couple of years time that he actually deserves to be in and not be trying to kill himself to Right. as so, FD because he's one bad crash in the wall at I don't know FD Long Beach away from not actually making the rest of the season you know and that that's, sucks.
0: Yeah, which which that basically sucks. almost happened to him. Yeah. Right? Like it did. So, I mean, like, he
1: crashed and and what do you do? I like. I think of having the pinnacle of FD is sixteen franchise teams. Yeah. Who you have like a a union or whatever that control the the financial buy-in of other people, so everyone's on a level playing field, and then you have like a pro two, and then a house spec, and the house spec is is all identical cars all run by like an Oldsburg MSC or whatever and they done the RX two cars from Rallycross all yep. identical cars that's the way yep. they are and you pay your 30 grand a weekend or whatever and you drive it and that's the spec series Pro 2 I would do is like spec size tyres so like the rules of the cars are similar to what we have now but you can only run a 265 or a 255 or whatever 255 yeah so there's no point in overbuilding your car at that point and I think that would be a fantastic series and championship. And then you have like Pro Extreme or whatever. I just know what Pro One is. Yeah, and <laughs> not and not have any problem with a Forsberg or a Me or a Chelsea showing up and driving in Pro One and Pro, pro Two over the weekend. Yeah, because that's mm. what they do in 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 a st- in um short course, right? You'll have the, yeah. the same guys in the Pro 4 truck and the Pro 2 truck and the Pro Light truck. We've
0: had, we've had a couple of guys over the years do that. I mean, I think Ryan Literal did that for a bit.
1: I want to well, say Alec I, Robbins did that, but I know what you're saying. It's sh- not every weekend. I'm pretty sure FD stopped it, though. I don't think you I can think do so. it anymore. Yeah.
0: It, w- it was like the bottom... If you were bottom ten,
1: you were allowed to do both or something. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Jeff Jones. I I think that was the turning point in Jeff Jones's like competitive career. He's always been a fantastic driver. Jeff, he's a great driver, fantastic character Mm -hmm. as well. Like really, really good (laughs) for the sport. I think he's great. But he made um, Mm -hmm. he done Pro Two as well, probably twenty eighteen, and I could see the change in him straight away. Like to be like, he was always a good driver, but to be like. He can put anyone on the trailer now, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, he did. He really did have a turning point. And yeah. I mean, I feel like he kind of like peaked and then struggled, but he's also had last year was pretty good for him. This year's been okay.
1: Yeah, it's. it's I think his struggle is more with the maintenance of the car than, than actually, actually the that, driving ability of it. But him. that comes down to money, right? Because like if well, you have it, it five because, staff, then, because, then you tear the car. Yeah. Exactly, because Jeff has a business that they do shows or stages or something like do, that he yeah, does. like stage build-outs. So, so now he's like, focus on energy on those things to actually be able to make a living and everything yeah. else. So your, your time in your program becomes more and more and more limited all the time. And then that's when the car becomes unreliable, like, you know?
0: Well, I mean, we talked about it the- bunch here where it's like it has more to do with not having to worry about stuff when you're at the line like simon yep. olsen's the perfect example of that yeah like, exactly right like nothing against Odie's car i think Odie builds an incredible car obviously yep. but like simon doesn't have to worry about things he just gets in the car and drives and we've never seen a better simon olsen yeah chelsea yep. Dinofa was the same thing he stopped yep. worrying about his car he had it all provided well not provided he i mean there's a lot of a lot of moving of parts to that but Regardless, he didn't have to worry about getting fuel, getting tires, arranging yep. for flights. Like, it just happened. Yeah. So do you, would you... Okay, so here, here's a hypothetical for you. Would you do the same, though? Like, if somebody... I mean, if if an RTR came to you and was like, Dean, Vaughn's going to retire again. We need another driver. Here's the cost. You can just jump in. You don't have to worry about anything. You just drive the car. Would you do it that? Would,
1: it would have to be, like... The right situation for me. I'm um, after running my own program over here for 14 years.
0: Yeah. So That's it's tough very, to give up.
1: It's very difficult to release the control. I have, and also my personality is I'm a control freak and I like things mm-hmm. to look and be like the exact way I want it. And yeah. honestly, I get as much satisfaction out of the program and the operations and the sponsorship selling and the activation and all that as i do out of driving um i love driving it's obviously my passion but like i love the architecture of putting it all together and then my payoff is getting to i'd not drive the car you know yeah my my ideal thing would be moving forward is like um putting a second car on the grid with a driver that's like, say, when when Vaughn brought on Chelsea, like, like someone that you know is going to be able to wheel the car. Um, bringing on another driver to drive a second car, the fact that I'm after doing all the R&D and development on the car right now, and they should be getting into something that's competitive, and enjoying the program from having a car, a competitive teammate in the exact same car that I'm actually able to compare against. Mm-hmm. Um, having a program that we're selling sponsorships and activations for for two people and also watching someone else kind of progress and f- fulfill their dreams, like, you know. Is that, a, is that a conversation you've had yet? Like, Oh, we've talked about it. Spot. We've, but like, we've talked about it like so many times the problem is how much my program costs to run someone would have to bring a lot of money to even make it make sense like you know right and obviously yeah. we don't have support of a dodge anymore so like starting off at a base of hyper's 80 grand even just to take it apart I think if you dye oh.
0: two red stripes in your hair again that dodge will come back that's all you gotta do yeah, but like I know it was I've, only it was only one red stripe last time. You need two. I know. I've had the conversation
1: like I've had the conversation with Dodge at pilot times, and they were about it. Like I don't know if it came back in a challenger or a charger. I'm just I'm just not interested in that.
0: Right now, for the podcast listeners only, we're offering five dollars off each ticket purchased on Formula Drift website by using FD Podcast When You Check Out. That is FD Podcast. I don't know if you need to capital the FD, but try it either way. So head over to formuladrift.com, pick up the tickets, then enter code FD Podcast, get five dollars off all eight events this year. So 20th season, head over if you're going, save five bucks. Might as well. Like, I it, mean, you couldn't have it, jumped in like a new ACR Viper or
1: something. That would have been. No, because they killed the they killed the Vipers in 2017 was the last year of production, you know? Yeah. So yeah. like they, they don't want to spend money on supporting something that they can't monetize anymore. Now we've talked Sorry. about we've talked about having like a, a, a like a drift taxi and that kind of stuff but like it also has to make sense for what uh, I have a commitment that they want to get in on how much is it gonna take away from us time wise yeah. and even after the car is built you've also got to go and actually do activations and run the thing and maintain it like you know and uh, I spent so long actually downsizing into one rig away from having two all the time. It's like, do I want to have another truck on the road? Do I want to have a full-time truck driver? Do I want to have the headache? And yeah, I know am I going to make money out of it. And I'm at a stage now where I know I've been doing this now for nineteen years, and I think about things differently than how I did before, whereas before I would do every opportunity, no matter what it was, if I got to drive a race car, I'd do it. Now I'm like, I'll be 35 tomorrow. Um, oh, damn. happy birthday. Like, thanks <laughs> very sorry. much. I had no I'm, idea. Like, I'm like, I only want to do actually things that like actually make sense and that I want to do now, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm, yeah. That it, Like that hurts me to hear because like, I, know, I think. I know. It, believe it, it me, does, I'm the same. It does.
1: I'm the same. <laughs> I'm the same. Believe me. I'm like, like I want to build every single car and do I know everything I can, but at the same time, like uh I know i'm thirty five I don't own a house yet, like that's something i like I really want to do now, yeah, um, and just like go on to that next step of of having a real life
0: it's it's so so there there's this common thread with and you you've already touched on it, I know I've touched on it, but like be, between all of you pro drivers, where you guys give up everything to be here. And like, this was, I've had people ask me like, oh, why don't you like compete or anything? I'm like, because I've talked with so many people at a high level that I know I don't have it. Like I've got, I've, I've got the opposite. I've got the house, the the wife and kids. Like, yep. I'm good. I've done all yep. that, but yep. I know what needs to happen to even be slight, to be pro-am level or pro-2 yep. level. I'm not willing to do that. And, and it, it it's so weird for me to hear you guys talk about it because it's not, you, you, everybody talks about it. Like they didn't have a choice. They're like, no, no, no. It wasn't like I, I decided this, like, this is just my everything. Like, oh, I didn't it decide. Is. This is,
1: Yeah. This is, this is, this is like, I'm here. It, it, we're talking about it's a Sunday. Like and I've been in the shop all day, you know? Yeah. Like I, I never leave the four walls. We were here actually last night. I'm going to vlog here until 3am. Like it's like, it's every single thing we do. It's everything. Speaking of, uh one, love the vlogs.
0: What you guys have done over the last year is nuts. Uh we talked briefly about like video editing background. The the break-in, like the the I think it was after the channel was hacked or something oh, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Dude, the stare scene, I probably watched <laughs> that,
1: I don't know, four times. I yeah. laughed so hard. <laughs> the funny thing is. That was not actually planned. Um, Mark is actually a good friend of mine, and the two of us, like, we fuck with each other a lot. Like, like all day, we're like, we're like, r- like railing hard on each other. And I just saw my opportunity when he's standing on top of the stairs and he's in all padding. And I'm like, oh, he's going. So I just kicked him down. Maybe that's why it was so good
0: because, like, you could tell he was
1: he, he didn't like didn't know. It, like, it was it just like it, yeah, it was actually organic because it actually was organic. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god, so, that's so good! Uh, when,
0: when did you, um, when did you like decide that like the vlogging part was that important to the program?
1: Um, we always knew it was right. It was always yeah. like uh, a part of something that I knew we had to do at some point. Um, but I, I particularly don't like being on camera. Um, <laughs> obviously, like having a stutter and stuff makes it so much more challenging. It's way harder on my editor because he he tries to, like, help me, I suppose, by cutting out, like, as much as he can. I'm like, fuck it, just leave it in there. But, um, yeah, I was maybe self-conscious about that when I was younger to the point where that was why I didn't do it. Um, And then we started working with Daily Driven Exotics a couple of years back, like, three or four years back or whatever. And I saw, like, like... Firsthand, I knew it was important, but like to see the value of it firsthand, it triggered obviously something in my mind. (laughs) Um, that like not to the point where like, oh, yeah, like I want to do that, but it's like, man, this is going to become like an even bigger aspect of the race program moving forward than I think any of us are after giving credit for. And honestly, I think that's the one thing. All the FD drivers have sucked. That except for Adam LZ, is well, all yeah. of us. All of us had a stage to elevate our vlogging game better than anyone else had out there, and there one there wasn't any of us that done it. Everyone like like probably talk shh, shh. I don't. Like, I know I did. I'm like oh, I'd never do YouTube ever until you see someone like Adam LZ and they come in and you see like the eyeballs that they control. The amount of merch he's helped to sell I, and stuff, man. and then you're like,
0: "Oh my god,
1: we missed the boat."
0: i had heard rumors about the amount of merch he's sold in in a couple of events, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Like, like enough where like it it shook me. I'm like, "Yep." That and once again, these are people just guessing, and I'm like, "You're yep. probably
1: still thirty percent below where it actually is." Yeah, like I I have a very good idea now because we deal like a lot in merch at the moment, and I know like how much it costs. Myself and Adam use the same uh, hard production company. Shout yeah. out to Nate Hamilton. Yeah, um, 144
0: yeah, screen house, man.
1: Yeah. But, yeah um, print house, yeah. So, like, I could guess, I think, pretty accurately how much he does every weekend, and it's a lot. Yeah,
0: it's and a I, lot.
1: And I think, like, the power of branding, like, I've been walking around in, in stores in Ireland and stuff, and you see a random kid and they're wearing an LZMF I mean, are you sure? you're like, he gets it. Like, yeah. Adam understood it better than any of the drivers on the grid. And he came in and shit on everyone. <laughs> like, oh, how's your wise and media wise. And now yeah. everyone else is scrambling around and all trying to get into an arcade that's already saturated.
0: And, and like, this is something I just, I, oh man, I've screamed from the treetops where it's like, just find a media guy. Even if they're even if they're like not great, just just find one and get one and like do whatever and you can to produce content.
1: Because become obsessed with it. Like um I would say our success on YouTube over the last like we launched our first video almost 12 months ahead of day. I think we launched it um August 30th last year. And I would say the obs- the obsession I had about it, like for five months before we even launched, I would watch 14 hours a day on YouTube. Like, I completely left the boys handle everything on the car on their own. I'm like, I don't care. Like, this has to work. This has to work. And I got obsessed about it. And uh, I kind of like that with almost every project that we ever do. Like, I become obsessed to the point where it's actually borderline unhealthy.
0: I can very much relate to that. I I get the the exact same. It's a dog with a bone where you're like, no, yeah. no, like everything I'm doing now, like I got into 3d printing last year yeah. and like, it was just tunnel focus where like I was, I was, yeah. Like, I mean, I got a wife and kids. I was in the, the, I built an area for 3d printing yep. and then it was just like everything I needed to know, everything I could know, I had to know it. And yep. then I don't know about you, but I get to a point where like, I am, Probably better than the majority of people at that thing,
1: and then I get bored and just find something else. So no, I haven't got bored of it, and um, we took a bit of a break off of YouTube like a month or so ago. We kind of went four weeks and we didn't upload mm. because I was happy with everything we had produced up to that point, and I was like, knowing myself, I don't want to make the same content every single day for the next ten years. That is not what I'm about. Okay. I wanna, I wanted to understand the channel and what I wanted to do for the next 10 years of my life and make sure the content was focused around the direction of how that was going to go. Because I didn't want to be building something that was in line A and all my other focus was going this way. So I wanted to make okay. sure whatever I was doing was going to be aligned. And uh, we had some stuff that we've been working on for over a year here and finally got the green light uh, last week. So now I'm feeling good about the direction I want to go back in with it now. And it's it's not <coughs> going to be vloggy. We're not going to vlog every day. Okay. And there will be an element of it. I, I'm going to let the boys oh, oh, in the shop do like vloggy uh, 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 stuff, but I'm going to focus more on like filming the stuff I actually want to do.
0: Is this like a, a build? I don't know what you can talk about. This uh, this comes matter, out on yeah. Wednesday,
1: but anyways. Yeah. It doesn't matter, uh, yeah. It's it's uh, still a long way from public knowledge. Um, okay.
0: But yeah, that's we're, cool. we're, we're
1: we're building something in um, the Orange County area that's gonna be for everybody in the care community. And and I see this as been like the next ten years of what I do. Is it is it a collector? It doesn't matter. Is it, is it, it an matter. exhaust
0: collector that's been sitting in? Anyways, no, uh, it's not a car. It's not a car.
1: It's obviously oh. based around cars and automotive, yeah. but it's also based around <laughs> the lifestyle and um, cool getting like everyone involved in something. You know, good, good. I
0: I I will stop pushing. Um, but yeah, I will I will say like the way that I I would think the biggest difference with the content you guys have produced, and I think there's two moments like that come into my mind, and they're probably two of the Biggest videos, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Long Beach this year. And because that, that, like, you and Kevin, that was great. Uh, and, like, I, I mean, I think you guys played it well, titled it well, thumbnailed it well. And, like, I don't know how bad the situ- situation actually was. It was actually heated at the time. Uh, yeah. But, but it like- was it was captured well, and it wasn't edited in a way that was disingenuous.
1: No, no, no. And that, honestly, I I think that's like a good thing about our videos. Is I've tried to keep keep them like as authentic as possible. Like we don't hype out any of the cursing unless it's in the first thirty seconds. So right. if you curse in the first thirty seconds, the video is going to get demonetized. Pretty sure you did that so, here, but yeah, gone. Whatever. <laughs> I, I don't care. I'm not getting the monetization of this video. That's your problem. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um, but, like, I think our videos are very much, like, shows who actually the characters are. And yeah. it's not it's yeah. not someone being a certain way on camera. Like, and then when you meet them, they're, like, completely different person. I would... I've always
0: said that like being on camera is like like ten percent more than what you are. Like you you have to almost in a way that like if you're acting on stage like you have to you have to project a little bit louder, right? Yeah. Or, or like bands play like ten percent faster on stage. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and I have chatted a little bit off off screen. I I'm a little bit more. I probably talk with my hands a little bit more on camera, but in in real life, I'm just as I ask just as many questions and I'm just as annoying. Yeah. So but and I and knowing your guys, having I've actually had dinner with your guys a couple of times, yep. it's the same way. They there might be a little bit more when the camera's on, but it's the same person.
1: We'll be like we'll be more politically correct on the camera, <laughs> but like still on the edgier yeah. side. And like the only reason why that is, is because now people can cut and pop up a video and make it look any way they want, right? Yeah. So, like, we can't say things that, like, can be massively taken out of context. Right. Whereas if you hung out in the shop with us every day and, like, you hear the conversations and stuff that go on here, you couldn't post them because... No. ...somebody would get their feelings hurt. And that's not the way it's meant. It's meant in a choking term, like, you know?
0: Yeah. I think, I think the best example of that is the Kazuya Taguchi situation. I think that was... Documented really well, and I also think it it really showed like your raw emotion in the car yeah, during the situation, and it it like it that whole thing got really overshadowed with the Denofa situation, which I don't know if it's like ah, that's okay. a good thing or a bad thing, but like
1: I don't know, it was
0: it was like, weird. What, are you what,
1: well, where, everyone, where are you guys at now? <laughs> I I was talking with Higuchi in Seattle. It's all good. Like, like yeah, all it, it doesn't matter how the driver is. Like like James Dean is one of my best mates the two of us will hang out like all weekend to FD together. But like, if I pull up on the line beside him, I absolutely, absolutely want to fucking rip his head off. Like, yeah, of course. course I want to beat him. Like, and yeah. it doesn't matter, you know? Um, but like, I, as soon as it's over, like, yeah, it's all back to normal. We're all friends. Like we're all competitive type A alpha male personality. Like, yeah, that's what it is. Everyone wants to be the best. Everyone wants to be the dominant mm-hmm. one. And, it's good, man. That's a good environment to live in. That's what makes you grow. That's what what makes you better. What I hate is the people that will get beat and then they'll go not say anything in person or whatever. And then they'll go bitch online about us. It. It's like, if you have a problem with something, just go down to their pit and talk it out with them. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, that's like, fair. Like, like, I don't actually go down and get their opinion because like, I still think I was in the right like on the situation and Aguchi thinks he was in the right. That's fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I believe your argument was that he was off throttle before he went off and his argument was uh, I was Uh, off, that's why I went off throttle.
1: It's a little bit more than that. So, like, I actually (laughs) blame FD for actually more than anything because the outer zone um, has, like, a hyper concrete edge on the outer zone and it drops down about, like, eight inches and he was after dropping a tire like at the wall there so he has no drive when you unload the back wheel of the car it has absolutely no drive so fd are the ones that wants the house ch- driver to be in the pocket like and i'm on the track my car is obviously hooked up and going hey is a tire off he isn't how drive of course i'm going to run into him if i'm in the right place like you know and it's i,
0: point. I and,
1: and i also understand it's a hard thing to please but like like I was arguing with FD, Well, if you're not going to ding him over Ben at uh, at higher off course, how are you thinking me over <laughs> touching him in his driver door? Yeah. Like, because the only reason why I touched him is because his car had no drive. Oh, so, it's yeah. like look. It's always going to be opinion based. Like that is obviously the beauty of our sport and the downfall of our sport. It's yeah. like it's it's fantastic because it's all like judged and objective and they're up to them and it any way they want but like it's also the bad side of it as well because when you try getting corporate sponsors it's really hard for them to understand a sport and not feel like they've been hicked on or whatever you know what I mean
0: yeah well because it's not like there's you know person gets across the line first and exactly that's the race right it's it's hmm. exactly like
1: harfing how do you judge Surfing, there's no how oh, the waves are identical yeah yeah that's a so, good point how are you telling me how is was better out like you know are you, are you into surfing you've brought it up a couple of times like no i, I just i i, I compare a sport a lot with like surfing BMX, skateboarding that kind of stuff because yeah there's so many variables in it and they're all judged sports
0: I think I think skateboarding and BMX are probably easier to judge because yeah. you can look at the technique. Like whereas this is, yeah, it's it's so much harder. I think surfing is actually a really good comparison. I have. Yeah,
1: I think it's honestly the best one as well. That's the one I eight typically use because yeah. also every car is different, every tire is different. Everyone's on a yeah. different shock spring. Time of day, the track changes. It gets more rubbered in. Like it's always changing, yeah. so it makes it more difficult. Hugin. All right, last question for you here. Um, so let's
0: say Ryan Sage uh, retires tomorrow and goes, Dean Carney, you're going to run FD. What do you What do you implement for next year?
1: Uh, f- uh, not for next year. The following year, I would f- franchise all the teams. Yeah, you would do that. You just straight instantly. away, instantly, instantly. instantly. Now, do you? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh,
0: logistically, how would you? I guess it doesn't matter. You, you're the president of the company now. You just tell. Them that's what's going to happen.
1: I don't want to. I heard everyone's feelings in the way I do it, so I'll keep my opinions to myself. <laughs> but I think that's uh, honestly, I think that's the next step for bringing our bringing our sport. Who want to the next level? And I think it needs to be capitalised on sooner rather than later before the stars of the sport age out. Um, also, like when you look at our sport, the st- the item st- of drivers is not how it was ten years ago. Like they like they're like there's fantastically talented drivers, don't get me wrong. Like there's amazing kids that are after coming in that are really, really, really talented and actually better for their age than all of us were at, mm. at the same age. Right. But there's something missing there about media value or how they're finding their fan base or connecting. There's something missing there, you know.
0: I, ah, man, I feel like I could argue either side of that. Cause I would, I would say, argue with me.
1: come on, I'll listen.
0: Yeah. I, I would, I wouldn't, I can't agree with that because we have such a bigger reach. Like if you were to look solely at the data, I think, I think it's bigger than it's ever been. Like whether that's fan attendance or viewership online or people following on social media, like, I would say if you were to add up everybody that's competing in FD now, add up all their social media numbers, compare that to 10 years ago, Yeah, there's there's no chance.
1: So you take away, you take away, say, I was arguing that there's 10 superstars in FD. Right. I agree their stardom and all of their social media numbers, I guarantee the numbers drop by 70%.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree, but I think the same argument could be made 10 years ago.
1: Well, no, because i w- i really don't think so i don't know because i feel like there's been like drivers that have come in to f- to fill the spots more organically over the 10 years
0: i get uh, see i don't know like, i think i think what you're seeing is like the lack of traditional publication that like we don't see magazines anymore we don't see like uh, you know, I that's the one that sticks out to me. That's the biggest difference I think between now and 10 years ago is that magazines have all but died, right? You've got a few left and, and it doesn't feel as real because you can't hold the photo of that driver. So it doesn't feel as important to us, but to my 10 year old son, he doesn't give two shits about holding a magazine. Of course he, he's looking at how many subscribers that guy has or how many views on TikTok he has. Yep. And I think, comparing the two is difficult, but I don't know. I would I would think that we have more and bigger stars than we ever have.
1: Yeah, uh, well, like I'm saying to you, you're also counting like the Adam LZs that are established, the James yeah. Deans, the Chelsea Ganoffas. But I'm saying to you, all of those are in the aging out pattern of their career, right? All of us are uh, including myself. I'm 35. yeah. But so, okay,
0: but you could offset that with and like a brand new 25. Yeah. Yeah. But you 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 could yeah, you could easily t- are you just saying that we don't have like the twenty-two and
1: twenty-three-year-old superstars coming into this sport? Are, right okay. Who are coming in that are really hungry to make an established name that will do whatever they can media wise to push as much content out there to gain as many followers and build an audience. Like Adam LC is the perfect uh example, he's 27 or 28. And right. like he, he understood the value of controlling the eyeballs, how important it was for business, whether it was finding a pro Satan FD or selling t-shirts or whatever. He understood the value of the eyeballs and maximized that. What I'm saying is you have fantastically talented drivers in there right now, like amazingly mm. talented kids. But I don't see the hunger... In them that, like, I don't know, I feel even I had 10, 15 years ago. Like, I was whatever it took, like, whatever I have to do every single day to make sure sh- that we're on the grid again next year. Do you think there's just
0: less of a struggle now, though? That, like, we have access to parts, we have money, access
1: to chassis. Money is harder to find than it's ever been for FD. Because 10 years ago, let me tell you, if you pound 100 grand had a pretty okay program at 100 grand now unless you come in with 250 300 you're wasting your time the cars are too expensive to run now i ah, see i don't know man i i don't
0: want to like blow up anybody's spot but i would I of would course i won't blow up on spot I, I would say most of the prospect guys are operating on a budget between 30 to fifty thousand. right i was back. So for, four, doing, for four rounds. They're doing
1: yeah. half the amount of okay. r- rounds, which is about a third of the amount of work.
0: I agree. I agree. Which means, given that, those set of numbers, that's anywhere between hundred to 150,000.
1: But tell me any of those prospect guys that's only, only drift. That is their only income source.
0: Uh, without family money?
1: Yeah. See, here's you the can't. hard part because I know you can't. too much.
0: Uh <laughs> Okay, but you could you could look at look at like a Ben Hobson or a Connor O'Sullivan, right? Fantastic Those are
1: drivers, Incr- two, incredibly two, talented kids. Two
0: young drivers that all they do is drive, right? Both incredibly talented, oh, both coming so, up. I know. I'll tell
1: you, I didn't come for family money. I, like, I actually. Are you tell me, here. flooring
0: didn't flooring didn't make you a millionaire.
1: I actually moved over here with eleven hundred sixty eight dollars. That's a fact, and. Uh, <laughs> My dad bought me, my dad actually bought me my one via. Uh, he bought it for eight grand and I paid him back four thousand eight grand. And he still says it to me every morning on Christmas morning. I'm eating breakfast. You owe me four grand. And he still says it to me all the time. Should probably pay um, him back. No, no, no. It's <laughs> an absolutely an ongoing joke now that he's there. It. Um, but that is it. That is the only cash inf- infusion I ever had ever, ever, ever off a drifting road. So I know I didn't come from money. I can yeah. absolutely guarantee that James Dean didn't have money. Yeah, I know that. I Personally, know him a very, very long time. Horsberg didn't come from money. Vaughn no. didn't come from money. Turk didn't come from money. Like so many guys that have lasted the test the time of FD and have found a way of making a, a professional drifting career from. So I will do whatever it takes, no matter what, to actually be on that grid. I don't see that fighting hunger in people anymore.
0: I think okay. So here's where I think the division is. Now that I've had a minute to think about it a bit more, I think the difference is that we have something like prospec. Whereas before, you would go from a pro am series, right? Like whatever pro am series you want to pick, or you come from overseas and you go straight into pro. Because we have prospec now, I just think that those people now live in prospec and they don't live in pro. And they don't get as much attention and not as many people know their names yet. And I think that the, what we have to work on is fostering from pro-spec into pro. Whereas yep. I, I think every pro-spec driver should have a pro mentor. I think every pro-spec driver yep. should have to work on a pro team for at least two rounds. Right? Yeah, yeah. There are guys that are coming into pro-spec have never been to an FD event before that's crazy i I have personally spoken to several drivers who said the first time I've ever been to an fD event was the time I was competing and I'm like that's, that's insane i I think you should have to work on one of the teams I think there should be an official I think like you should have to pick one driver at least and you mentor that driver and you you teach them the business part they work on your crew they understand how to set up a pit it's like shit like that is is what we're missing and I feel like you, the only reason you guys are good at it now is because everybody sucked at it back then. There was like a couple of guys that came from like big, big corporate sponsorships. That you, let's say seven or eight years into the event, the first let's say first six years of FD was just kind of a okay, we're gonna figure this out. A couple of guys came from other professional racing series who had some uh, understanding of how to how to not,
1: set up a pits. Not really, because Falcon Tire were there from the very very start, and yeah. Falcon Tire. Flex, they came in with four semi trucks, and like right. instantly gave the place a feel. So everyone had like a a vision of this is where I need to get to, you know?
0: Yeah, I I just I still I still think those stories are happening. They're just happening in prospect and we don't have enough of a lens on them yet, and that's why we don't know. And it, it, what I what I also think is that you don't see them because they're not going to your generation. Right, you already said you turn thirty-five tomorrow. You're an old yes. man, and we're both old men. Yeah, Putting that yeah. perspective yeah. in comparison to these guys that are coming up, like how many people knew about Brandon Sorensen before he came into FD? And then you're like, "Oh shit, who's this kid?" Well, there's a whole group of people that knew about Brandon Sorensen well before he ever came into FD. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Is I just think maybe we're out of touch.
1: <laughs> no, I I like I understand what you're saying, but I, I think we keep a very good finger on the pulse of what's going on um, yeah like we we watch and f- I feel like I know 90 percent of things that go on on the grid how way um and I just I, I don't see the hunger from like myself and Odie and Matt field and asbo we all started at more or less the same time within right. like a year of each other and yeah. like I know the know tr- those guys personally as good friends and I know how hard that they're all after working and digging and grinding to be like absolutely whatever it takes
0: How uh, much did you? I don't see the
1: young kids how much did your car
0: cost 10 years ago though?
1: I bought the Viper Double One I have it still for 40 grand
0: okay and how okay can you can you say how much your program would have cost 10 years ago?
1: I'm using 10 just as uh, like a, 10, a, as an easy one. what year number. is that 2013? 2013 uh, hundred grand right 100 so, grand, and i funded probably i was actually probably a bit more than a hundred to be fair um because my transport i transported with achilles and that was 35 grand in transport alone okay it's probably more like a hundred and thirty hundred and forty grand and i funded a minimum a half of that myself what and then the rest was off sponsors
0: I I mean, I don't know. I still say it's happening. I just think it's it's hard to compare. I mean, everything is significantly more expensive and the cars have to be at such a different level now that pro-spec cars now are pro cars four or five years ago that they haven't they haven't scaled linearly.
1: I don't think the pro cars have have massively evolved in four years. Like like obviously they get incrementally better every year, but they're not like they're not wildly different than what we drove four years ago. Like, we're all using the same gearbox or an iteration of it. We're all using the same back end. We're all using the same do they, axles. Do they still cost the same, though, as they did five years ago? Well, like, I think I pay even less now on my gearboxes now than I paid five years well, ago. Well, I mean, yeah, but you did you strike a better deal? Of course, yeah. But yeah. That's, that's also <laughs> what I mean. It's like... like that's exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm okay. absolutely glad that you said that. It's like, <laughs> shit. all <laughs> so these <they're> kids <laughs> have more power now to be able to leverage and be able to build other programs than any of us ever had 10 years ago. So because what are they, they missing have, then? They have the means of capturing eyeballs and monetizing it and stuff, right? Okay. And they have so- a way of actually getting their message out there. Okay, Whereas so 10 yeah. years ago, I had to make a sponsorship hard deck proposal and <laughs> hand it to someone and be like, I really hope he sends me back a letter or an email or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but that was the reality of it, right? Know, I know, now I know. it's like, now you can have, I know a kid like who has 700,000 followers and they message a company on Instagram. Yeah. And they're um. like, holy fuck, this is a good opportunity. And they instantly, have that bridge already built because the people only care about how many eyeballs that you're going to put on your product not what you're doing on the track no no it's totally it's a reach number all the results and everything that's that's all just personal affirmation that's all that is they don't care about any of that the only thing they care about is how many eyeballs are you able to put on my product you, you could argue the better
0: you do, the more screen time you get. Of course, therefore of The course. more
1: reach you get. Um, but I, I know what you're saying. Or they could focus on actually going out and like making a viral video for half a day and they can get 10 times the number that, I don't know, even the FD live stream will get.
0: Yeah. He's got to jump a Tesla and that's it. You're good.
1: Well, I know I made a, a viral video like on our Instagram account a couple of weeks ago and got a million likes and... Um, 23 million uh, impressions like you know which is insane okay. numbers but like i'm saying like like the possibility of finding more money and being hungry to evolve your program and make it better it has never been easier for them ever right now the so only what thing we- is it's a harder pool because there's so many people that are all trying to do it but i don't think there's very many of the drivers on the grid that are trying to st- hand out and do a better job. So what do we, okay, so let's,
0: if I, I, had I the still answer, don't accept if it. If I had the answer,
1: I would <laughs> yeah. be doing exactly what I'm saying, right? Well, that's what, like, that's I don't what I'm saying. If this
0: is the problem, like if we've identified the problem, how do we provide a solution?
1: I think FD needs to help more honestly, personally. I, okay. I, I don't think FD are doing enough to bring in more money and more partners in the series. Yeah, it's tough. I would. And I think that concerns me, if we're going to be honest, is FD hasn't had a, t- a title sponsor on the, the series for the last four years or five years. Like, that's concerning for me that the series is not finding that, like, pot of money that. I know, even though they've, they've shown that they don't actually need that money to operate, that they don't have that extra. Influx of cash that they're able to invest into, like taking a chance on things, you know, actually right. making the program better and like spending a hundred grand on something, and I know it didn't work, but we're not upside down now financially.
0: I would, I would argue they did that with me, but that's that's <laughs> of course they paying me a hundred grand, but like this, this obviously no, of this show never absolutely this yeah. is
1: good, like you know. Oh, thank you, um, <laughs> but like I, I. Would love to see him like, really, like really trying to push the envelope. Like, I'm a big fan of uh, supercross. Okay. Um, when you go and you watch supercross, you're like, these guys get it. Like they absolutely get it. How it's monetized, how it's packaged, how it's branded, how they control all of the writers' merch. Like, it is it is packaged so so well. Uh,
0: that's such a uh, see, FD is such a different business model though of right course. where they they they're, they're allowing and I'm not the saying, drivers to do
1: it I'm not I, well, that's also good and bad <laughs> that's why I I'm not about the franchising of but but, of but this teams. is like
0: this like without like getting like super political like this is the difference between like a libertarian versus like socialism, or right? Or, we right. Joke like, about that. We joke about that quite a lot around here, to be honest. But <laughs> but that that's the thing is like okay, like, great difference between Canada and the U.S. Canada believes, hey, we don't think you can control your money enough to stay healthy, so we're going to take oh. extra taxes to make sure that you are healthy. Yeah, yeah. Is that more or less what you are kind of thinking with FD? Where it's like, hey. We're going to control, you're going to assign your, your licensing
1: rights away to some of your merch,
0: but we're going to make help a subsidize the cost.
1: Or else, I don't know, just make a standard. Like you, you can't go and show up in an F1 paddock with a, with a open car trailer and no hospitality, right? But are you ready to have 16 cars on the grid
0: then? No, we'll have two cars on the grid. You think if you if you were to set a standard of like, okay, you have to have a rig, you have to have a rig of a certain size, do you still think we would stack
1: 32? No, no. But like what I'm saying is there's no there's no making like headway towards having that actually become a thing within the next 10 years. Like there's no steps that we're trying to like introduce to actually bring the sport to the next level of what it what it's able to be. Personally, I actually think it'd be a way better show with only sixteen cars. Like, like <laughs> currently right now, I think it would be a way better show with sixteen cars. I that's an interesting thought. I think your your possibility of actually involving manufacturers and stuff—they'd be way more interested in getting in if they knew there was a slot there, and they know that they're not going to go off and spend a million dollars on a program and send it out there and it hurt your old. It's on his button <laughs> on oh, the trailer. Because that's not good marketing for any company. Uh, it's it's uh, a very interesting thought. I've,
0: I've never had have, anybody bring this up to me. So that's why I'm like but incredibly that's like, intrigued.
1: The, the thing like we all have to understand is like what are we doing? Like we are every team is essentially a marketing company. Right? Right. That is what you do. You're not a race team they're a marketing company.
0: Yeah, that happens rare.
1: You yeah, you're there marketing someone's product, so they can sell more product. So they're able to give you more money next year, and you're able to evolve and grow and grow and grow. Correct. Or are we a bunch of hobbyist racers that sort of all want to go do SACA and drive around cones? What are we? Let's establish what we are, and let's yeah build towards that. All right it's i it's interesting i I honestly have never
0: thought about f d in that way as even though like as as somebody who is a, a pretty big f one fan and that is obviously how they operate is exactly what you're saying
1: to, to some me, extent I love like you, yeah i I love f d uh, and I think honestly f d do do their on-site activation and everything way better than Hydra, Frost search arc ever owner. Uh, world rallycross or even WRC I think Yeah. FD it would honestly better I just wish like there was a plan that like hey in five years time this is what we're S our target of where we want to be 10 years time this is where we want to go how do we build towards that and have all the teams collectively helping each other I I
0: I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there is a plan or there's not. I have, I literally have, have no idea. I think at the end of the day, FD wants to grow. It has to grow. There is no way around it. Like in order for the sport to grow the, the pinnacle of that sport in, in North America and arguably the world has to continue to grow. How it gets there. I'm not sure. I, I, Really don't. That's why I'm not their financial advisor or their their you know of course their president. But I like I appreciate your your thoughts on it. I I think it's really interesting and it gives me and probably everybody else listening some some pause and consideration into it because that that's a it's just a different approach to what they're going for now. Yeah, but I did uh, ask you what you would do given the keys and this
1: this is it. I would like I would do a lot of things. Like I I think it's easy to. See it on the outside and say, if I ran this, I would do it better, right? It's like It's like what everyone says about Trump or Biden. You're like, if I was in there, I'd do this. Well, you don't really know what you're dealing with like until you're inside the, the right. four walls, right? And yeah. um, I do want to say that like, I think they do a fantastic job at what they do. Um, I just like would like to feel like as teams and owner-operators and stuff, we're not as much in the dark about where are we going to be in 10 years' time? Because 10 years ago, I would have thought that the series would be in a much different spot now than what it is in right now. And I also know we dealt with any different things like COVID along the way. And actually, yeah. like I'm impressed that they were able to keep it all alive and not go under during those times. So I absolutely appreciate that. But like having the teams and everyone on the same page of where we're all trying to go towards would be great are we all going to keep trying to cut each other's out over a tire sponsor for evermore?
0: That's a solid way of looking at it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 the hard part for me is like, I've only been on the, the inside of this really this year. Right. I've been involved with teams previously. I've been around the pits for years, but like, this is my first year of like truly being entrenched in everything that's going on. So, for me, it feels very transparent, but I also don't, I, this is where I'm setting the bar, right. Of this much transparency. Whereas I, I guess you're looking at it like, okay, here's the transparency we had 10 years ago and I want it to be different. I want it to be more. I just want to know something that they haven't told me yet. Yeah. and like,
1: I'm not on it because I know I only want it as a personal benefit. Like, like, yeah, I love the sport. I'm after given, of course, my, whole life for it so I would like to know that we were part of building something out of ground zero all the way to hopefully an amazing championship that's going to last for fifty or 60 years like you know yeah Um, it would it would definitely make it would make the journey feel like it was worth it like you know that you actually gave up a portion of your life and you helped actually build an amazing thing like you know yeah I mean I, once
0: again, I think it depends on on who you talk to. You look at like a Von Gitten who's built uh, an empire on the back yep. of Formula Drift. I mean, that's 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 the pinnacle that I think a lot of guys are aiming one, for. But one, I think what you're saying is you want to see you want to see everybody at that point. Where I want
1: to I want to see everybody. I want to see the Jeff Jones is able to it would yeah. like I want to be able to see. I want I want to see Ch- Hunt and Hurst all be able to be like professional drift drivers having the staff that actually runs their program and they just drive exactly because they're they're all fantastic drivers amazing personalities and everyone's after putting the bricks on the wall to actually build what we have already i'm not concerned at all about myself and that like like i have other things i'm doing that like i'm passionate about as well i would just Love to know like what's the plan and the roadmap, and how do we have how do we have everyone work together towards actually building that, and not feel like everyone is hiding over a tire sponsor when it becomes aim of time every year. Like, well, like why is that even a thing? Why is that even a thing? That's fair.
0: I mean, I would argue and say that you should have your tire sponsor already finished by SEMA. But
1: hey, this last year was super
0: weird because, like, dude, no one's had budgets until the end of the year. I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's like I I want everyone
1: to be pulling on the same rope, basically, that we're all trying to achieve greatness together. I'm not arguing over 10 bucks. No, that's fair.
0: Cool. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to. Seeing what comes out of this because I think you've you've shined a light on some interesting stuff and this is probably the I wouldn't say the most interesting conversation I've had but the one that's made I'm not me the think most the interesting
1: most. Jesus uh,
0: I mean I don't know ah. <laughs> dude it's been good I, there's been conversations that have come out of this I never <laughs> thought I would have like D- Dylan Hughes talking about Huddy racing. I don't know if you I don't know if you've listened to any of
1: it yet. Wow, thanks. Appreciate that. Go listen to
0: that one, because it's like holy shit. He just doesn't hold
1: anything back. Yeah, like the The one thing I've learned in the last (laughs) while is you can't unsay things on the internet. (laughs) This is true. Can't unsay things. And I've had my couple of uh, legal accusations over the last couple of months about stuff online so i'm a little bit more coy about what i really want to say about things sometimes i think i was very open this time around though i think so i have a lot of questions about that but we don't talk about that here um
0: (laughs) cool i'm sure a lot Uh, of people do i'm sure well that's for the next one um not everything needs
1: to be aired in public though right that's fair that's fair
0: uh, cool. Anything you want to plug? Say, I really appreciate it. this. is a lot of fun, and I have a lot of shit to think no, about. No, I now. actually enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's it sounds
1: been fun. fun. <laughs> yeah, I like. Obviously, I, I'm not really into like fucking cameras and stuff like that. But this has been fun. Um, it's been Thank enjoyable. You. It's also I like getting other people's opinion on FD. Um, I think FD are fantastic at what they do, and I love course. everyone. Everyone that works there has actually become like friends now. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, they've all become very, very close. And I can talk openly with them as well. Like, uh, we haven't come by the shop every now and then. And I'll tell them exactly the way I feel. Um, but no, it's good. I think it's good that we're all open book. I just, like, really want us to build something else that we're all out to be proud of when we're all old men and I'm at the corner of a bar somewhere. Like, we yeah. helped to build that, you know? yeah. No, that's
0: good. I, I think that's an awesome way to, to wrap it up as well. I really appreciate your time on this. Thank um, you very much. Thanks for everybody for listening and watching. If you haven't checked it out yet, please go check out Dean's YouTube channel I'll make sure to put a link down in the description because those videos. Go check the break-in one. I can't remember the title of the videos, but the, yeah, that's dude, pretty good, stare, yeah. scene, the stare scene killed me. So. Yep. Cool. Thanks again, everybody, for listening and watching, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you very much. Bye.
1: Oh go go